Hello. Hi. Uh, it's the first time that we managed to do it almost without interrupting each other. Almost. Nope. Nope. At, at the end, at the end, we we did. It can't be that good. It, we have to fuck it up a little bit at least. That's our personal style. Uh, hopefully, you're here for it. Should we actually say the name of, of the podcast or, or should we just skip that? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Xena Made Me Gay. In the times of brick phones, Tamagotchis and curtain bangs. The 90s kids cried out for a badass. She was Xena, the warrior princess. The kicks, the moves, the nostalgia, the queerness. Xena made us gay. Hi, I'm Alyssa. And I'm Chris. And today we are <laughs> and I'm a bit slow today, so bear with me. Um, so one of the things that I've been wondering, given that Xena is such an old show and it's um, going to be going to be 30 soon um, in a few years, mm -hmm. um, obviously the queer content that is available on TV these days is very different from from Xena. So I'm curious whether Xena would have been even made today. And like, I think we can all agree that it wouldn't look the same if it were. Nope. So in, in what ways would it be different? That's that's what I'm wondering. Like, is it going to be more of like a, a gritty like drama, you know, where they like go deeper into exploring like the the trauma of of uh, having committed war crimes <laughs> that that Zena is is dealing with, and so kind of because I think they do touch on that topics but mostly they glide very, over it it's very lighthearted and very relaxed entertainment mm -hmm. um even though yeah sometimes they, they they do touch on on serious topics so do, do you think they w wouldn't be able to to quite pull that off today did did this lighthearted tone die with the with the 90s <laughs> and early 2000s um, I think that there would be definitely pros and cons, but it seems that the Xena we know and love, I cannot see it being made today, mainly, and this is in the cons territory, um, as I already mentioned, right now, feminism and in some way queerness are just like raised on a flag uh, when it comes to a lot of uh, popular media and uh, it's like oh you want feminist character let's make her feminist so she's going to kick some ass and then she's going to deliver a speech about feminism in ancient greece so i feel like i'm i'm enjoying xena as i'm rewatching it right now and i like that it doesn't have those cliches that a lot of the um movies and series right now have especially 
like I know that you're not it's not your jam you're not watching a lot of those but like in the superhero franchise they they have a lot of that um, and I would assume that Xena would be along that realm of the of the superhero franchises um so that would be a con for me but on the other hand I would assume that they could be much more open uh with the theme of sapphic love yeah i mean i think it's it's uh, a no-brainer that it would be a more explicitly gay show um because i think pretty much the main reason why xena wasn't quite that was because of the of the network pushing back on that but i i think it's it's more interesting to to think of the other aspects of the show, like the humor would definitely be different, even if there is still some in it. I think that so many jokes are just so 90s. Yeah. So that that would have to be different. I think it would have to be more self-aware. Like it, Zeta would not would not be able to um, live the span of a thousand years the way that she does in in the original show like not not actually but if you if you if you see throughout the the series all of the civilizations and historical um events that she goes through it has to be around the around a thousand years that that she's been around um so they would have to worry about this historical accuracy more which is not inherently good or bad but i think part of xena's charm the way that it exists is in this like completely um flippant attitude towards historical accuracy and they're like yeah i mean nobody really knows this stuff anyway so (laughs) there's no reason to to spend too much time and money on on making this accurate because like it doesn't matter really what we're here to do is to make fun tv and as long as it's not like super outrageous like i don't know it's not um industrial revolution or or something people are gonna just let it slide and i think a lot of them did we definitely did yeah yeah like as as kids everything everything looks fine yeah but then I think you would in in the age of Twitter and and people being like, oh, I noticed in the background of this shot in this in on at like seven minutes and thirty seven seconds, you can see in <laughs> the left corner of the shot that there is a reflection of a tire of a bus, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah (laughs) like that's the kind of media landscape that that we live in and (laughs) yeah the the starbucks coffee cup and game of thrones like that sort of thing yeah 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 but i think it it goes even more extreme sometimes where just like oh if you if you zoom in in this particular shot you will be able to see the traces of a bicycle or whatever um yeah and so for sure in in this environment you can't you can't like put ancient egypt and medieval europe in back to back episodes 
Uh, that's true. And like even more intentional campy stuff, like ancient Greek supermarket. Like, I think yes. what we love about Xena in a lot of ways is that it's being able to mix the tone very well, actually. And it works somehow because there are episodes that are like, we, we haven't reviewed those yet, but like they're completely campy and very outrageous things happen. And it seems like it's like a totally humorous show that doesn't take itself seriously. And then the next episode, you could have this serious character development and dilemma and that completely works. And I think that in, in this day and age, it's like pick a lane. Are you, are you a complete comedy? Are you a campy comedy or are you a serious drama? Because the Twitter, yeah, as, as you say, like they won't forgive. So that mix of tones and that campiness that we enjoy so much. Yeah. I, I don't think that it could have been realized. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think Xena was actually, so I, I, I don't know this, but I'm making an assumption here. I'm making an assumption here that Xena yeah. was like a low to mid budget affair. Um, Especially at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because like yes, there there's a lot of shooting outdoors, which which is more expensive than doing studio. Um, but from the set decorations, from like the caliber of of actors, whatever you can see that it's not. I don't know something like a, a Netflix show um, nowadays where there's a huge budget. Um, and actually, like that, that also makes me wonder: like, do these kinds of shows even get made these days? Because I think at this point, the streaming services are are not really making those types of shows. It's it's very much a like a network TV thing, and nobody watches TV anymore. Everyone's on on streaming. Yeah, I mean, I think there are. Miracle unicorns like Shit's Creek. That yes, yes. Also, like an, a non non US uh, production, the same as Xena, the Kiwi production. Yes, yes. So, and with Shit's Creek, it's the same thing. Like at the beginning, you could see that the budget was pretty low, and like towards later seasons, they could afford to have a more elaborate uh, set. So, yeah, it does get made, but it's very niche. But I think the same with Xena. Xena was also kind of niche, especially when it got its cult following of uh, queer people, like a lot of percentage at least, I, I would assume, which mm. makes it even more niche. So I don't know. It, it, in, in my head, it, it wasn't particularly niche. In my head, it was like fairly widely watched. Actually, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be curious to compare the, the numbers for Xena and for uh, some of the other shows, TV shows from the time that that we mentioned in in the first episode, and see how those compare. No, we should definitely do that. I, I'm just saying that from what I know, and I, I have a very weird barometer because it's like early days of internet in Russia. <laughs> so I have been hanging out on Xena fan forum and Xena fan chat, and it was very explicitly. Uh, queer. A lot of fans that I communicated with uh, were openly gay. So, of course, I don't know. It, I, I think that it also is, is like when you compare people who watched it overall and people who were 
standing Xena enough to go on a fan forum or fan chat. Exactly, exactly. I think that's that's the important distinction. Like it's it's possible that a lot more people were were watching it, including those that are sadly entirely heterosexual. Um, but um, maybe we don't we don't judge. We judge a little bit. I I judge. <laughs> <laughs> Get those nuts away from my face. It's 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 okay. I even have uh, straight friends. It's fine. Wow. wow. <laughs> Good for you. I'm very open-minded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more more so than me. All right, so let's proceed to the episode, and the episode is called The Titans, episode seven. Episode seven, The Titans. Yeah. You, you see the, the title, you can safely assume that there will be some titans in the episode. We've, we've had more mysterious titles before, but this one just tells you what to expect. And you should expect the titans. Yes, yes. And this episode actually opens in the middle of a storyline already, because I think that it feels like usually we get some sort of establishing shot, like some music, some trees. Here, no. We open right in the middle of a story and we see Xena, who for some reason capture a guy from a street gang, as they're called in uh, this universe, ruffians. And you can recognize ruffians. If there are a couple of guys with weapons and black leather, those are ruffians. And Xena wants to capture their the, the main guy or something. Yeah, and she knows the main guy personally. So it seems like yeah, uh, it's this like very tight knit community. the The ancient Greek uh, crime world is is just one big happy family, and everyone's like, "Oh, hey, bruh, haven't seen you in a few years. What you been up to?" <laughs> Maybe they have like conventions that they that they go to, like team retreats. <laughs> I don't know. Zena Zena was a regular. Zena was a VIP ruffian. Oh yeah, uh, on a retreat, oh, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah, she, she revoked her membership. Um, <laughs> uh, and we have a confirmation that we, they know each other because uh, the lover dude was like, don't you ever give up? And Xena says, on you, never. Yeah, yeah, weird, weird, uh, like quasi-flirting <laughs> from Xena, uh, which uh, sure. The, the interesting thing that happens when, when she confronts these, these baddies is that she, for some reason, decides to drop her weapons. So she demonstrably drops her weapons. Uh, like, is she trying to spice things up? Uh, maybe Gabrielle made her give up some of her bad habits. I don't know. Uh, and now she's looking for that extra kick elsewhere. <laughs> um, I don't know. But I guess it's fine, because if you can backflip three times up a tree, which is literally what happens. I guess weapons are kind of superfluous anyway, so you might as well just do that. Yep. Yeah, maybe she just needed a workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be that. Although it seems like the baddies also don't really have weapons or they don't use them. I didn't I didn't see any use during the fight. Maybe they have like a no weapon November um <laughs> situation you know just like decompress leave leave your weapon at home don't check your weapon just be in the moment so it's like another fight with incredibly low stakes because we completely like there's no doubt that xena is going to win there 
and is just for our viewing pleasure. Um, but in the meantime, Gabrielle is trying to tend to Argo and uh, trying to give Argo a snack. And Xena summons Argo because the main baddie escapes on horseback. And then after a few seconds, Gabrielle leisurely brings Xena her horse. And Xena's like, oh, I, I missed the baddie. And Gabby is sorry. And Xena says, don't be sorry, just improve. That's kind of hot, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little demeaning. <laughs> it is. It is. But I think, like, it, it's not hot if you're Gabrielle, but, like, watching that, I was like, yeah, Xena, discipline me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like a, a spicy thing for the audience, I guess. After being reprimanded by Xena, Gabrielle casually walks into a cave and casually walks into some sort of ritual being made. Some people reading a sacred chant, and it's a language that we don't know. I don't know if it's made up or it's just like some, <laughs> some language that they borrowed and like, okay, this is going to be ancient Greek chanting language. But that was so interesting to rewatch because I immediately remembered this chance. No, I had no idea what's going on. I forgot this episode completely. I didn't remember what they were trying to do, but I remember almost word for word what the main priestess was saying. That was very trippy. Wow. I mean, I, I immediately recognized the chant. I was like, oh yeah, it's the... the... Yasu kalenoche. <laughs> Yes, yes. So I, unlike you, I don't remember the, the words, but it, it did get kind of get edged into my brain somehow. I guess it's repeated like right? a thousand times throughout the episode. Um, but yeah, f funny how I didn't remember the episode, but but the chant was like, oh, yeah, 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 that happened. Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting that we remember round, random sounds, but not the plot. Um, but anyway, in, in terms of, in terms of the, the plot, Gabrielle comes up to the people trying to make some sort of ritual and they're like, oh, you're doing it all wrong. You have to read it like this and this and this, like you have to uh, put a different emphasis on the different syllable. And she grabs the scroll and reads it without having any idea what's going on like did you think that was like a poetry recital or something like those people are they're dressed like we're going to resurrect some ancient demon or in this case ancient titan but she's just like no let me try let me try and help those people do whatever ritual they're intending to do without knowing the reason yeah, and that brings me actually to the this regular part of, of our podcast, which is me making a case that Xena has influenced all of the pop culture ever that has been created since uh, Xena aired. Because... Bring it on. <laughs> someone reading a chant or some kind of a spell without really knowing what it's going to do is exactly what happens in The Mummy, which was released in 1999. So it's totally reasonable that one of the writers saw this episode and was like, ooh, what if someone finds this spell in this book and reads that out and that causes some resurrection <laughs> of The Mummy? What if that happens? I mean, yes, I know that the, the 1999 Mummy is, is a remake of the original 30s mummy 
don't come at me. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think that this connection is, is unreasonable, especially given that there'll be another thing later this episode that connects the two. Ooh, okay. I'm, I'm curious to know. Um, but no mummies arise. Uh, but Gabrielle does liberate the Titans. That's that's how they call it. Like she liberates the Titans, but it is it is uh, debatable how liberated are the Titans in the end. Uh, but yes, yeah, the giant dudes that were turned to stone by the gods awaken, and they say two dudes and one gal. Yeah, two dudes, two dudes and one gal, and they say, "Oh, thank you for liberating us." uh the blessed virgin or something like that um so they announce gabrielle gabrielle's dating status or i don't know how to call it like very much allowed and she's not happy about that yeah so that was quite weird on a lot of levels and we're gonna get into some of them in in a moment but i mean it's fair to assume at this point that Zena and Gabrielle have fucked, right? Like, they've been traveling together for, like, at least several weeks. They're together all of the time. They sleep together. They have this, like, interesting relationship. It. I think it's a fair assumption to make that, that they have had sex at this point. Hmm. No, you don't think so? I don't know if I agree. No, I don't. I don't actually think so because, and I'm not very certain because I haven't rewatched the series in a long time. But there is an episode I think closer to the end of season one, maybe beginning of season two, that I kind of think I have a theory that this happened then. So I think that at this point, ooh, <laughs> my theory is that at this point they're like still like. Oh, we're friends. Like, um, I want to kiss her, and like for some reason, I'm jealous. But um, but we're friends. We're friends. We're friends. We're friends. Ah, uh, uh. okay, okay. I let's let's go let's go with your with your understanding of things. Maybe maybe that's that's fair. Regardless of of this, we're on episode five, and the topic of virginity has been extremely present so far. Oh yes. Oh yes. The topic of virginity is extremely present. It's very interesting how this show defines virginity because, and it's actually one of the good aspects that in a lot of ways in the in Zena's universe, it seems that virginity in terms of not killing anyone is more important than virginity of like not banging. But at this case, it seems like virginity has very classic meaning of someone, AKA a girl, um, hasn't had sex yet and but a particular kind of sex i think they mean they i think it's specifically penetrative being penetrated with a penis in your vagina it is widely known that a vagina cannot experience any pleasure without a penis present in it <laughs> right <laughs> um i think it was the quote for the movie uh, from the movie hysteria but yeah uh, it seems that it's like a very classical understanding of like what virginity is and isn't. And I cannot decide if the showrunners kind of make fun of that classic understanding or use it as a plot point because it's such a well-known and established thing. Because like, I think speaking of Xena being made today, I think today, at least 
in the more progressive circles were kind of like moving away from the concept of virginity overall because it's kind of dumb <laughs> yes um absolutely and that that also made me wonder because it just seems like such a conservative concept just in mm -hmm. and of itself the fact that it's a thing that exists and can go away and then it's gone and then that like makes you a different kind of person which is very a very strong theme so far in the series um like i i do think that it's just a, a sign of the times not not being very woke <laughs> for sure for sure and I think I saw some documentary about the 90s show, like uh, Dawson's Creek and like the Beverly Hills uh, 91210. Um, and I think there was a study of like, how did they depict sexual relationships there? The pushback that they got from the audience. Also that those are mm, US shows that there's a whole other can of worms when it comes to virginity. Uh, yep. But I think like in... Beverly Hills, there was like an episode where when one of the main characters had sex and it was such a strong pushback that then like in another season, there was a similar episode where one of the characters had sex, had a pregnancy scare and was like regretting it big time. So like, oh God. if you lose your quote unquote virginity, you have to be punished. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like. So in Xena so far, we've had virginity as kind of a, a desirable thing for religious purposes uh, two times. And yeah. then one time that put you in the position of becoming a human sacrifice, which is like, <laughs> ouch, <laughs> not great. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so you're, you're more, you're in more danger because you're a virgin and then in this one as, as we're gonna see it puts you in a position of power but also responsibility and kind of being complicit in a world war i think <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so far i would say the show has not made a great case for being a virgin oh yeah no no that's that's better to avoid that as soon as yeah, possible yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um it's established that that gabrielle is is a virgin and the the titans recognize her as the the one that liberated them they kneel for her and pledge themselves to her one of them isn't like super on board with that he's he's a bit uncertain he still does it but he's like mm, something's not quite right here maybe he also has doubts about gabrielle's virginity just as <laughs> just as i do yeah what what constitutes a virgin <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and I'm, I'm just going to say that uh on the other end of the story while gabrielle is liberating the titans uh xena continues on her bounty hunting mission yeah, she, she follows the baddie uh, that escaped on horseback into a tavern. From what I understand, around 70% of all establishments in ancient Greece are taverns. Yep, yep. <laughs> we see, I think, at least one per episode. 
yeah in the in every village mm -hmm. in every village there, there is a tavern everywhere everywhere we go there's always a tavern and like that that kind of makes me wonder like how popular were taverns actually in ancient greece like how many were there i don't know yeah um anyway so she she follows the baddie into a tavern and uh he takes a hostage and threatens to harm the hostage if uh, Zina doesn't let him go yeah and Zina does a funny bit where he takes the hostage and you can see that he's alone and Zina was like okay okay you got me go ahead leave i'll just sit here quietly and she just like sits on a bench and makes this good girl look and we as the audience we can see no no something's up <laughs> yeah yeah of course and she she manages to attack him while he's uh walking out and liberate the hostage for a moment but as soon as that happens the rest of the baddies arrive yeah so she, it seems for a while that for a moment that xena is outnumbered but then of course we see i i think like the roof of the of the house is being torn or something like so we see so. the titans interfere and gabrielle is standing proudly like a proud slave owner um yeah, yeah. and she like saves xena which i i guess thanks but everything that we've seen uh so far suggests that Zina wouldn't have necessarily had any trouble dispensing with, with that group. Like she literally just did earlier this episode, the same group of people. She she didn't even use any weapons. <laughs> and and unlike yeah. another tavern that we saw earlier, this doesn't seem to be a please check your weapons at the door type of tavern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this one is empty, almost empty actually. So like the only hostage was the the guy, I think, behind the bar or something. So, yeah, but Gabby is very proud of saving Zena because I think that what is established earlier in the episode when Zena reprimands Gabrielle and Gabrielle is kind of trying to prove herself to Zena several times during the episode and she's feeling very proud right now. Yeah. Um so then we see a little more of of the Titans and it's interesting that the Titans here they're just like essentially very large humans in terms of how they look. And I understand like the budget reasons for that. Absolutely. I think uh, the immediate association that I have is with Disney's Hercules, which also had mm -hmm. Titans and there they are imagining these like animated clumps of rocks and uh, tornadoes and stuff like that. Whereas here it's just like, this is Bob. Bob's a titan. <laughs> uh, guys, Olympus would be that way. <laughs> oh, but I must say, I really liked the camera work and the casting there because we do see them as big. It's not like a green screen, like Alice in Wonderland, like you can see someone just being big, but, but you do not believe in them being strong and mighty. And mm. here you kind of do. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they did a great job uh, with the, the budget that they had uh, presenting these these uh, actors as, as titans. And I think also something they did really well uh, was being fairly consistent with what size they are, mm -hmm. um, which was which was also helpful. It's, it's interesting, though, given that they're so 
similar in appearance to humans like are they are they essentially like persons here because hmm. at first it's unclear whether they have even their own wants and needs like whether they're mm -hmm. just fancy genies uh, because that's hmm. that's how they act at the beginning uh at some point the crowd cheers for gabrielle as the liberator of the titans but they they don't feel very liberated like they're basically yeah. her slaves at this point as you said yeah i don't know i didn't have that uh question it kind of seemed that they had the will of on their own and as like they were pretty consistent as how the show shows other mythological creatures that we're going to encounter but yes they they seem obliged to gabrielle and i don't know what the correct etiquette would be here like maybe gabrielle should have asked for i don't know like in, in uh like odysseus one favor but gabrielle just decides that she's going to exploit the titans as long as she would want to yeah and she immediately starts giving them chores <laughs> right yeah um and she also refers to herself as a goddess when when speaking to them and the the baddie that that xena has has captured for for the bounty is about to correct her in front of the titans but he gets shut up by by xena's punch yeah but also like i don't think before that moment it's established anywhere that gabrielle needs to be a goddess like i thought she just needed to be a virgin to liberate them i'm, I'm confused like you need to be both a goddess and a virgin how many goddesses are virgins like uh, athena that's it <laughs> yeah so it's it seems just like a very a very big ask like be a goddess and also a virgin and like go and do these things jesus christ yeah yeah it was also i think that it's one thing is that what they expected the the dudes who wanted to resurrect the titans because like first it was not gabrielle's idea in the first place and the other thing is like what they got because the titans seem much much less human loving as the dudes who were planning this ritual in the first place expected. And they kind of referred to Gabrielle as a goddess and she just like, okay, I'm going to go with that. And hmm. thus I'd be able to control that. Yeah. Cause it seems like, I mean, obviously it's, it's unnecessary to be a goddess to, to re resurrect them, but it is necessary to be a virgin, but they just like, we're like, oh, we're just going to make this assumption that, that you're a goddess and Gabrielle just decided to roll with it. It's... Yep. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we see the Titans uh, doing their chores and we find out, yeah, actually they're, they're indeed not feeling particularly liberated, especially the, the one that was skeptical from, from the get-go. He's very unhappy about being sent to, uh, as he says, play in the mud even though he's the lord <laughs> of the sky yeah yeah and he's he's not happy about that but the female uh titan i i don't remember her name like she's an interesting character actually i don't remember anyone's name yeah no uh she tries to appease him he's like okay uh let's plan some sexy times for later and it seems that the titans have some kind of a love triangle but it's also going to be established later on but for now they're begrudgingly some of them begrudgingly and some of them more willingly doing what gabrielle asks them to do 
Yeah, and it seems like they don't want to uh, kind of complain about anything to Gabrielle because they assume that she's a goddess and they don't want to cause her wrath. Yeah. Which is like liberated my ass. They, they're literally afraid of this person who is giving them orders and will possibly harm them if they don't do what she says. What, the, what kind of a fucking liberation is that? Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting that Gabrielle is absolutely fine with it. She's like, uh, later after the, the scene, we see the scene where she's accepting gifts from the villagers and she's planning almost a world tour of like me and my titans we're going to travel and we're going to save the world and i kind of like this uh, gabby with a superiority complex that that rings very true to me like a lot of the times you kind of want to be a good person but you don't only want to be a good person you want to be praised for that and recognized for that so i think that that's a nice sort of nice sort of catch in terms of uh showrunners yeah but Zena is very skeptical about gabrielle's uh charade and like you can see that she's unimpressed like the person that gabrielle wanted to impress mostly is unimpressed but luckily one of the dudes who who had the master plan of uh, resurrecting the titans in the first place is this cute boy toy that is agreeing with everything gabriel says and he says that gabby has the aura of a goddess i really love how it's the mix of all genres and all cultures in xena i mean yeah i mean xena is kind of quintessentially new age in its understanding of religion where pretty much all religion is thrown in together because we have obviously a lot of ancient Greek gods, but we also have a bunch of uh, pagan shit happening. We also yeah. have- Hinduism uh, is going to be prominent in the later seasons. Absolutely, we have that. I think- um, Christianity is thrown in there. Yeah. And, and it just not a lot of difference is made between those things. Like they're not positioned as like mutually exclusive. Just like one big happy family. And <laughs> uh, I, I think that's also something that is kind of of the time. Yeah, I uh, guess. With yeah. the late 90s, where like a lot of celebrities were like getting into Kabbalah and, and stuff like that. This thing of I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, bit, it's a bit like that. I, I kind of almost wish that there was a religious study scholar that we knew that who'd uh, who could uh, come on to the show as a guest and like tell us his take on on the the role of religion in Xena. that's actually a good idea maybe end of the season we do a bonus episode with a religious scholar i happen to know one um <laughs> uh, yeah so the titans come back after a long day of work and they ask gabrielle to feed them using her godly powers and she's like oh mm, uh, uh, i don't use them for that uh. <laughs> she like you can see her trying to come up with something and she just can't no yeah and she gabriel is like oh you can share with the villagers i'm sure they won't mind and that doesn't go well with the 
angry titan let's call him that like the dude who was skeptical at the very beginning um so the goddess charade doesn't last long because the angry titan blows on gabrielle and is able to blow her away and like she's no goddess yeah so he's about to stomp gabrielle but xena pierces his his foot and then he gets even madder and starts destroying the village essentially which also like visually works really well um and i think they they're doing a, a great job there basically then it's pure chaos everything everyone is running around but the villagers manage to run to the temple and literally obtain sanctuary because for titans it those are sacred grounds too sacred place so the titans do not tear the roof of the temple or something like that titans and mainly the, the the angry titan who wanted to get gabriel and get xena he's like okay they're in the temple we're going to retreat back to our cave so the titans are back into their cave and they're simultaneously arguing and it seems like they're planning a threesome because there is like this very interesting dialogue where the one of the titans like the bald-headed guy that seems nicer is like oh i just am looking at uh, this lady titan as a friend and the angry titan says well you don't look at me like that why don't you look at me like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it's um like slightly ambiguous and i wonder also whether it's slightly ambiguous uh on purpose there that's interesting because in terms of exploring queer themes in xena warrior princess it seems that it's mostly sapphic like we have obviously xena and gabrielle and like throughout the series there are going to be a lot of female characters that are to that like one extent to the other more or less obviously sapphic but i wonder if gay love is explored i think i remember one character who we would assume is gay but i think that's it yeah yeah it's definitely not nearly as prominent and here it's it's unclear it could could be could go either way absolutely and also it's ancient greece and if you read the myths of ancient Greece, like those things were prominent there. Exactly. Back in the temple uh, where the main characters are, the temple is getting crowded because more and more villages come into the temple to escape from the Titans. And Gabby and her toy boy enjoy guilty flirting because the toy boy is like, oh, it's all my fault. If I didn't have an idea to resurrect the titans nothing would have happened and she's like no but you meant well you're so good like this relationship is very cringy it's horrible i i hated every second of that <laughs> their their whole interaction is just the worst i agree so the angry titan i guess comes in and says that not comes in the temple, but like comes near the temple and says that he's going to destroy all humans until Xena comes out. Not like as gay. <laughs> not like as gay, but just uh, comes out of the temple so he could capture her because his plan is he wants to get to Xena to get to Gabrielle. It's not like, oh, maybe we can just call Gabrielle, 
but I guess he understands that to get to Gabrielle, he has to get through Zena first. <laughs> sure. Well, Zena does does say that uh, she's uh, Gabrielle's protector. Yeah, yeah. They they call Gabrielle the sacred one, and she's like, "I'm this sacred one's protector," which is very cute. Mm -hmm. I I liked it. But anyway, some village women in the temple try to kind of push Zena out. This time, unsuccessfully. Yeah, and the the baddie, the the bounty hunted baddie, who's they're still dragging around, um, suggests that. Xena just joins the Titans and kind of becomes their ally among humans and helps them take over the world, which, sure, yeah. Yeah, it's, I wonder how well it's going to go. But anyway, like more things happen in the temple because some women say that their kids went on a holy walk. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So like oh. let's est let's establish <laughs> let's establish what's going on. There is a village with three titans that promise to kill everything human until something happens. All of the villagers are hiding in the temple. Where should we send our kids? On a holy walk. <laughs> well, I assume the kids went on the holy walk right before the carnage started. What the fuck is the holy walk in the first place? That that is that is a very very good question. I have no idea. Sometimes you you, you watch Zena and you're like, where where did this come from? Like, sup? You, you just you, you have to imagine the the writers' room, and someone's like, yeah, so um, some kids should be in danger. How do we put the kids in danger? And, <laughs> And so I was like, maybe they were out walking. Why were they out walking? Well, maybe it's like part of some some like sacred ritual that they, the kids need to walk, and then and then they're like out and about. It's like, oh, cool. So it's like a holy walk. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, and I love it. For 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 now on, every time I go to a park, I'm like, "Excuse me, I'm gonna go on a holy walk." <laughs> you cannot interrupt my holy walk. That's, yeah, that's sacred. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm gonna like block out um, time in my work calendar for holy walks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please do not disturb me. I'm busy. Uh, yeah, but of course, what happens when a bunch of kids go on a holly walk? Surely they run into titans. And I enjoyed how the dude who was supposed to ta be taking care of the kids is like the first one to just sprint away, leaving the kids behind. Like, fuck you, kids. <laughs> I'm off. Yeah, yeah, he's like, run, kids, run. And by the time he... <laughs> He, he says the, the last word, he's already like 100 meters away from them. Yeah. Um, so the kids run into the cave where the rest of the Titans are, of course. Um, and then there is this argument of like, should we kill them while they're small or not? Yeah, it's... I, I don't really get the logic. I think the angry Titan, he just wants to like start early with a, with a human genocide and... <laughs> um, you know, first this like 
group of 10 kids and then the rest of humanity sure but um yeah the the other uh, the other guy the other titan guy uh doesn't agree with this and they get into a fist fight the titans get into a fight and back in the temple the ruffian who was dragged around is uh, left on his own devices kind of because Dina needs to uh, leave and she gives one of the villagers the rope and says guard him so the ruffian of course starts talking the villagers ear off about oh we must make a deal with the titans we must uh, give the Xena to the titans and the titans would make us kings and that's all well and good but the only thing that it could concentrate on is that this villager speaking of christianity has a very prominent orthodox cross on his chest above his robes yeah yeah um <laughs> sure <laughs> crosses were in fashion that season i don't know <laughs> so as you said, uh, Zena is, is away and, and what uh, she's doing is trying to save those kids. And she runs in into the cave during the fight between the, the two male Titans. And she sneaks the kids out while the Titans are busy and not paying attention. And then the, the angry Titan just straight up goes in and murders uh, the other one. Just, yep, pierces him with a, with a stalactite. And... Um, that yep that's it and then there were two but also i want to commend the showrunners here because it's almost happening in slow motion and like the titans are moving in slow motion almost and you could feel how giant they are because of that so i i enjoyed it i like how the titans are executed here yeah yeah it's a nice touch um then Zena brings the kids back to the temple and is immediately captured in a net. Um, so some villagers don't agree with the fact that she's captured to, to be given over to the Titans, but uh, those, those people are silenced quickly enough and they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, they were like, but she, she rescued your kids. And they're like, yeah, okay, we don't give a shit. So the, the baddie knocks Zena out he kind of spearheads this this whole initiative they tie her up and then they transport her in this little crate on wheels she obviously easily escapes uh from the ropes that are tied around her her wrists while in the crate so sneakily when no one's watching and um the baddie uh, goes to the two remaining titans and he wants to first confirm that he will get rewarded for delivering Xena to them. I really like this piece of dialogue there. The, the baddie says, I don't expect you to make me king. I just want to be your associate. <laughs> How very corporate of him. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very, very cute. Titans and associates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very nice. Um, so he gets the confirmation and he presents the crate with Xena, but there's no Xena in it. Surprise. So the baddie gets squashed. Mm -hmm. um, so then the two remaining Titans are arguing about um, this like, light murder spree that, that one of them is on with, with killing... Uh, one of their 
own and then squashing the the baddie um and Zena walks in on their conversation unnoticed so she just like listens in so there we find out that the titans are planning a war against the gods and intending to awaken hundreds more of the titans in order for that to happen Zena hears that comes back to the village uh, to the villagers in the, in the temple and is like whoa first of all hey i'm back and gabrielle's like duh <laughs> I, I knew this would happen i was chill <laughs> um <laughs> and, and everyone's like oh cool 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 and then and then xena tells them so here's the deal the titans they're going to continue wreaking havoc they're going to destroy everything regardless of what happens to me or Gabrielle. So you can just like forget about that part. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, right. Cool, Zena. Oh, my God. You're so right. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The just 10 minutes ago, they, they were ready to sacrifice her and murder. Sacrifice her. Yeah. Yeah. Like the... the it's like one of those jokes where like do are you going to survive till next episode if you're like a character of a series like xena warrior princesses like if you, if your name is villager five then probably not so like when they're just abstract villagers or abstract warriors or abstract ruffians the showrunners are not really trying to make them authentic or have any sort of logic they were just like and then people did this, and then people did that. So it's just for saving the time's sake, I guess. But on the other hand, sometimes large numbers of people are not really logical when they gather together, so why not? Then the annoying lovebirds, Gabri Gabrielle and, and the boy toy, they come up to Xena, and they tell her that Gabrielle can actually turn the titans back into stone if she reads a, a different chant. Not, not the one that, that she uh, read the different. Zena's like, no. Um, Gabrielle <laughs> <laughs> complains that Zena doesn't respect her. And um, it seems like immediately goes and sublimates her frustration by fucking the boy toy. Yep. That is kind of heavily implied because Zena sees them cuddling in the morning and becomes super jealous. Like you can see on her face, she's not happy with this. No. Yeah, if if we're going with your version of, of events, which I think is is fair. Uh, at this point, they they don't really think of themselves as a couple, but they behave mm -hmm. as a couple in a lot of ways. And they just kind of they they have also like made their own assumptions about whether or not they're exclusive or not. <laughs> Which, mm -hmm. <laughs> don't do that, kids. <laughs> and then Gabrielle like go ahead goes ahead and confronts Zena about her jealousy. She's like, "What? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like you, we're not. This is not a thing. Like I can go and do whatever I want." And Zena's like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think Zena really didn't expect to be confronted uh, about it as as strongly. It it seems to me that maybe Zena is like a little bit more aware 
of what's happening between her and Gabrielle than Gabrielle is. Like Gabrielle is just this like, oh, I just love Zena so much. And then like her her feelings are intense, but she just doesn't go further than than the feeling itself. Whereas uh Zena is kind of the, the older and the more mature ones, like uh mm. okay. Okay. So we're doing this now, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think she doesn't expect then to get this uh confrontation from from Gabrielle that means more to her because she understands better what's what's going on. And so Zena refuses to engage. Very healthy. Congratulations, Zena. Great, <laughs> great partnership skills. And then Gabrielle again sublimates her frustration by sneaking into the Titan cave and stealing the script with a chant that she's supposed to read that would turn the, the Titans back into stone. And the Titans trap her immediately as soon as she grabs it. Of course, of course. But I really enjoyed this jealous interaction. I think that that gives us a lot of insight in their relationship right now and how, as I said, like unpronounced and unrealized by some of the parties it is. So yeah, I I think that that's my favorite part of this episode of this underlining plot of jealousy between Zena and Gabrielle. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, obviously uh <laughs> like you can have a great relationship without without jealousy, but um yeah, here it's it's like a an extra indication that what is happening is not just like, oh, they're just great friends. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little more than that. So um, the Titans capture Gabrielle and they want her to read the chant that would awaken hundreds of other Titans. And obviously she doesn't want to do that. So she uh, tells them stories instead. And she's pretty good at telling stories. That's already been established. So um, that works for some time. One, one of the, the Titans is actually quite into it. The, the female Titan is like, oh, yeah, tell, tell us another one. But the angry <laughs> one understandably isn't. And he, he does put his giant foot down and um, <laughs> wants to make her read the chant. And so she stalls by putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah, yeah. A way to like still read the chant, but but not, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, what Gabrielle claims is that it's not working because she's not a virgin anymore. Haha. -ha. And I like how the Titan gets immediately angry and immediately starts slut shaming her because like his next remark is like, you little harlot. But um, Zena arrives just at the right moment. Uh, she and the villagers have constructed this elaborate trap. So she, she traps the angry Titan's hand and uh -huh. is about to kill him, but is talked out of it by, by the other one, by the female Titan, and uh, is asked just to turn them back into stone instead. Which is quite sad if you consider the female uh, Titan. But of course, the angry Titan uh, protests and he says, like, it won't work. Like, it needs to be read by a virgin. And Gabby's like, JK, I'm still in my chant reading days. 
uh, if you know what I mean. And uh, her and Xena then have this also very mommy-esque uh, scene of like two people needed to read from the scroll and the scroll is being thrown from one side of the cave to the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's exactly what I what I meant when when I said that there right. was another another mummy reference. Um, finally, they they managed to to get the whole chant out and save the day, and the titans are turned into stone. Yes, and I also what what I enjoyed about the scene, like about my favorite part of this plot, is how you, when Gabby says like, "No, just kidding, I'm still a virgin." this relieved look on Zena's face. Like, it's very subtle. Lucy Lawless is, is brilliant at those really subtle facial expressions, but you can see that like, she's like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really sweet. It is very sweet. So after everyone celebrates the fact that the Titans are back in stone form, um, Gabrielle says goodbye to to the guy and (laughs) they like confess to each other that they were almost each other's first so gross (laughs) (laughs) just just, yeah it's and i don't know if i want to explore it further because it 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 grosses you out but like i wonder what did happen that night like Mm. just some cuddling and making out, light petting? Like, what constitutes sex that makes you not a virgin in the Xena universe? Or, like, it's this thing where, like, until a penis penetrates vagina, everything else is, like, we were not each other's first, but, you know, we did a lot of things that night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I think if you... If you dry hump, uh, you can still liberate the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I think is like a fair, a fair assumption in terms of what what happened that night. I think there's like some making out, uh, like groping, but like no clothes came off. I guess. I guess some like grinding yeah. here and there. <laughs> M- Maybe, maybe the the boy toy just in his pants. Uh, definitely, like in in about thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, mm. it's it's good to have established that. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a perfect note to end this episode review on. And they wanted to ask you, how many chakrams do you give this episode? okay it was not particularly good it was not particularly bad i really hated the boy toy so i'm definitely deducting an extra point for the boy toy which leaves us maybe at five Mm -hmm. i i was also thinking five or six but yeah, five is a generous assumption. I I don't think that it's six material. There are definitely better episodes, but this one is very m- middle of the road one. That's that's very solid. 
It's middle of the road. Um, I think what elevates is, is are the creative solutions that the the crew came up with to to make the giants work so well as they did, and mm-hmm. uh, the the gross virginity discourse and the the boy toy are kind of bringing it back down to the middle ground. Yeah, 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 for sure. So let's let's agree on on five for this episode. Cool. And that concludes our discussion. Thank you for listening. And hopefully you'll join us again to hear about season one of Xena, the warrior princess. That's a perfect ending. We're ending on that. Bye.